You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. I've just been carrying this around all week. I hope I can do something with it. thought I'd... Hey, if you're new, this is... Uh, this is a tomato cage. I'll get to that in a minute. I made this because I was bored during COVID, and I made eight of them. This is what happens when you have nothing to do. So I made a tomato cage. Now, I'll get to that in a minute. We've been doing a series called Garden. If that follows, you know, I didn't have that plan. So uh, we're doing a series called Gardens, and we've been looking at some stuff. There's a lot of gardens in the Bible, and we've got another one coming up this weekend uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, and for so, a lot of you may not know what's going on, I hope you're paying attention. Easter is coming, and uh, it's just not about Cadbury eggs, even though I'm pretty good with that, I'm all right, uh, but it is about Jesus Christ, and that's one of the things we do here, is try to help you figure out how to live, what to do, what's the best way to get through this life. I discovered Jesus Christ was the best way, so I decided to make him uh, my Savior and said I was going to follow Him and I'm going to do what He does. And I read the Bible, and the Bible has some really good stuff in it. If you haven't read it before, it's got some really good stuff in it. It can help you live life and make life better for you. So that's kind of why we're doing this. There's so many little things that happen, so many gardens in the Bible, and we're going to do, like I said, the Garden of Gethsemane next weekend. But I thought today we'd deal with some own relationships just a little bit. We talked about money in the beginning. Uh, and then we went through different places, different ways in the garden. But today we're going to do relationships. I hope you have friends. We're basically friends. Uh, we, but it is, you know, we can't get into marriage, and we will a little bit. But I hope you have some friends. But let's do this first. Uh, life with Jesus makes your life better and makes you at be- better at life. So that's what we do here at Marathon is try to help you find a way to live better life Get the most out of where you are and what you're doing. So that's what we're doing right now, is figuring this out, trying to help you. So I got ideas. I'm going to say some things today that might trigger some stuff for you. I do hope that you have friends. Most people, uh, younger you are, you always say you have a lot of friends, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, We're going to talk about that. I'm not sure, uh, this is something you need to think about. I'm not sure if Jesus had friends. Not sure. It kind of messes you up a little bit, doesn't it? Like, well, he loved people, cared about people, he did all that. And I'll say something else, just get you started on this. I don't think he was, I don't think he was here to make friends. So we need to understand he had a reason for being, a reason of being here, and uh, most of that happened next weekend. Without next weekend, we don't, we're not, none of us are here without next weekend. So just put that in your thoughts. How many friends do I have? And maybe Jesus wasn't here to make friends. Maybe it was something else. And you'll see this. Now, that doesn't mean that he doesn't need them. And that's strange to say. Did Jesus need friends? Did the Son of God need friends? Or did he not need friends? Or was he here to make friends? He wasn't here to make friends. He was here to seek and to save. And he was also here. He was born to die. And that's going to happen next weekend. So there's a lot of things happening. But when we talk about you, you're going to need some help. I know you don't think you need it. I understand. That's how we work when it comes to relationships. We don't need help. We got it. Uh, If you're lucky, you'll have two or three good friends. 
in your life, if you're lucky. And so that's, that says, like, that's not a lot. Uh, as you get older, you'll find out who they are. The best way to tell if you've got friends is, is, is like this. Uh, call them up and say, hey, well, I'm moving next weekend. Can you help me? And then you'll find out what you got. You'll say, oh, oh, yeah, that's not really, not really a friend. So just let you, you know, letting you know, you got to think about this. I had some really crazy friends. Okay. <laughs> Can you only imagine? Uh, we'll get to this verse because I'm going to tell you this first. Okay, I got to tell you. So I, in high school, I had some great high school friends. Now, sometimes we see each other. Uh, sometimes we don't. But it, when I'm talking about the friends we have today, what I'm talking about today, these are not those friends. But we were great friends. We did everything together. Senior in high school together. Just a couple of years ago, right? You know, senior in high school. Uh, so somebody had a bright idea. Now, we did everything together. Somebody had a bright idea that I, I don't know if you could go to jail for this. So let me go ahead and put this up front. Do not try this at home. Does that make, you know, the video stuff? Don't do this. If you're a senior in high school, do not do this. Okay, just letting you know. So we had a bright idea. We were getting bored, of course. So there's six of us. And so we decided that we were going to go steal pumpkins on Halloween. Uh, not thinking about the children with this. And they've carved those pumpkins and all that stuff. So we're going to go steal pumpkins on Halloween. So we, uh, one, one of our friends had a Jeep. We had this thing all worked out. I don't know exactly who said we're going to steal pumpkins, but we were all like, yeah. You know, like, you know, you, you know the brain thing, the, you know, the half-baked, not frontal lobe developed senior in high school. This is a good idea. That's what we did. So we got it worked out. We got some drivers and uh, guys driving. We got a couple more. We got some people that are watching. Now, we couldn't do this now because of that ring, it, it'd pick you up. Video, we'd be all over YouTube in a minute. So, but anyway, didn't have all that. We barely had internet. That'll tell you all down. So we, so we go to house to house. We got everybody together. We got somebody watching. And we took the little guy, my friend. He was, a, he was the fastest. We thought he'd need a fast guy to do this. So we'd send him in and we'd watch. He'd go grab a pumpkin. And he'd come running back. And then we go to the next house. We're going to get another pumpkin. Now, the problem was they had candles in it. Then you throw it in the Jeep, and you got a fireball coming in, and here we go. So we're just having fun stealing all these pumpkins, not thinking that we're going to crush some child's hopes and dreams on something. Our thought was they're going to get rid of them anyway. We just helped you out. You see how that worked? So we done all the, we were just, I mean, we were loading it up with pumpkins. I don't know if there was a goal in mind, like 100. I don't know. I don't know. We went down, we went down in this cul-de-sac, and we spin it around. A policeman pulled in right behind us. He didn't turn his lights on, but he got real close. And so what we started doing was smashing pumpkins. That's that new group. We get, you know, heard the group. So that's where it came from. That's where it started. We were started smashing these pumpkins, and we were stuck, sticking everything under the seat as if that will help. So we started doing this. We started sticking everything under the seat. And then we made that. And the driver said, as soon as I make this turn and he can't see me, y'all start tossing. Pumpkins were coming out. So... These were my best friends in high school, and we stole pumpkins. And I thought, is that the kind of friends I'm going to talk about right now? So this has nothing to do with anything spiritual. It's just that I would have probably been arrested and never been here. But I'm just letting you know. So do you have the friends 
not exactly, you have more stories than I do, not exactly those kind of friends, but let me give you a number, let me do this, uh, a 2 a.m. friend, we're going to talk about it, because I don't think, and I know for sure, Jesus Christ did not have a 2 a.m. friend. He did not have one. As much as he did, as much as he accomplished, and what he was here to do, he wasn't here to make friends, he was here to die. So, but they, is there a spot in his life that he actually needed some? Ah, we'll get to that in a minute. Two are better than one because they have a good, for, a good return for their labor. So, two are better than one. I mean, just think about it. If you're going to be moving furniture, if you're going to help your friend move, you probably need two people for a couch, I would think. Unless you're me and I got all these guns, right? That's what you're thinking right now. Okay. Uh, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. If you don't have anybody you can call, the Bible says, pity, you're in trouble because you need somebody that you can call. So you have to ask this question, how many friends do I really have? And do I really want any? There's the other question because the social media thing has actually limited our contacts and limited our friendships. And let's make sure we understand that Facebook's probably not friends. Not the kind you say, can you help me move? And they're going to give you a thumbs down. Are they going to put in there? Do you think people on Facebook would actually lie to you? Come on now. Like, I can't, I'm busy next weekend. No, you're not. You just not want to help me. Why don't you just say you don't want to help me? Why can't we just do that? Why can't we be just real? You like that? Just get real. Stop praying about it. Tell me the truth. So that's kind of where we are. What is the real deal when it comes to your real friends that you have? And how many do you think you have? So we know we need people to help us. And we know we need things to work. I had a guy, I mean, it was about a few years ago. He's 26 years old. I'm, you, know, you never know what you're going to get when you go somewhere. So I'm doing a wedding years ago. And I had this guy. I met him. He said, uh, I've never been to a wedding. I said, that's beautiful. I said, I don't know, you know. I don't know how to answer that. You, you live in a cave. What, what? I don't know how to do that. So he said, I've never been to a wedding. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 26. I said, wow. So I had to think a bit, well, you're not married. I got that. And so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And you, everybody has a story, and I didn't get his story. But I said, one day you're going to be in a wedding because your friends are going to ask you to go to the, be in the wedding. He says, I don't have any friends. I said, really? Well, I know why. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I get it. You know why he didn't have any friends? Because he chooses not to. See, here's the problem you'll get into. You'll pray, God, I want to have friends, but you're not friendly. And that works. God, I want to have, send me friends. Why would I send you friends? You don't want to be a friend. What, what do you, this is what I, this is the hardest thing when you look at Christianity and you look at things that Jesus taught us. A lot of us just want, like, I, I want it, but I don't want to do anything for it. It's just the way it is. The Lord just bless me. Well, should be what? What do you want? You want tomatoes? You know, God just bless, just bless me. Just bless the world. With what? And how does that work? How does the world get blessed? Well, it gets blessed by people. It would be you doing something. But we'd rather just pray a prayer and say, bless, you know. So, I want, so don't expect things to happen if you're not willing to invest in it yourself. And this is the hardest part about Christianity is because we just want God to do everything. Uh, it doesn't work that way. And I got a verse for you. It tells you. You have to look at this. The point is this, by the way. Here's the point. Uh, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
This is in everything in life. If you, if you, don't, if you don't want anything, don't do anything. This is what it is. If you don't want to have friends, don't be friendly. If you don't want forgiveness, don't forgive. You know, just don't do it. And he says, uh, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, which is abundant extensively. So if I don't want anything to happen, if you don't want to have a good marriage, just don't do anything. Got it? That's all you got to do. I'm on the golf course the other day, and I'm playing golf, and this guy looks at me. I'm, we playing golf together. Saw a couple riding around the golf course. Now, let me tell you about couples on a golf course, okay? Here's two things. Here's the two things. Either they're dating or they just got married because you'll never see it again. It's like a, the girl climbs a tree to go deer hunting with you. Oh, that's beautiful. They're not going to do that again, okay? So here's what I'm saying to you, all right? If you, want to, if you don't want to have a good marriage, just don't do anything. So you stop doing the things that got you married after you got married, and you wonder what's wrong with your marriage. Because you don't do any of the things you did before. You stopped the card, you stopped the letters, you stopped the date nights, you stopped it all. You stopped it all. And then when you have kids, throw that in there, oh wow, oh wow, that's beautiful. Now we really don't have a marriage. Our marriage now is to love the children. And this is how it goes. Because we're not willing to do what we need to do to have what we need. And he said, if you don't want to have anything, just don't do anything. If you don't want to have friends, don't be friendly. If you don't want to have a marriage, don't act like you're married. It's just amazing how this is. The more, and then he says, the more that you do, though, the more that you put in there, the more you get out extensively. The principle is the more I give, the more I get in the same thing that I give away, I get the same thing. If I give love, I get love. I give forgiveness, I get forgiveness. I get it more than I gave. So I'm looking at marriages, looking at friendships and relationships. We got to have somewhere in here, we got to make room for this. It's just not on Facebook. And again, you look at Jesus Christ, he did not have friends. Is that not the weirdest statement you've ever heard anybody say? And he wasn't here for that, but he needed them. And you're going to see why in just a minute. So the life principle is this. You want to have a marriage, then put into the marriage. Give to the marriage. Give your energy, give your time, give your love. Give, think about your marriage. If you want to have friends, think about your friends. Give time for your friends. So whatever you give, you get exactly what you give. Whatever you do, you get exactly that. Whether it be love, you get love. Whether it be friends, you get friends. Whether it be money, you get money. Money is just this life principle that God set up so we can multiply us, so that we can bless the world. And the second thing, everything develops over time. Let's talk about this for a minute. Let's do this. Everything's going to develop over time. So a young couple getting married, or they know what love is. Absolutely not. They know what lust is. The guy does especially. But love is over time. It's something you, you plant, something that grows over time, the good times, the hard times. And, you, and listen, if you let it just go, you won't have it. You won't have friends either. You've got to have time for that. So what I did... I made these tomato cages, half-inch PVC pipe. Uh, you can go to YouTube, and you can do all that. And I was crazy, and I sprayed them green except for this one because my wife said, it can't be white in the yard. they got to be green. Sorry, honey, I just told on you. So that's what happened. So here we are. I planted the tomatoes the other week, and they're about this high. Faith says they're going to get up to here. <laughs> that's what my, I'm doing really good with this. They're down there. It's up here. And it got, it's gotten cold. 
So they're not doing very well right now, and I got faith it's going to happen. So here's the thing with, if, if this verse is telling us, if I want a lot of tomatoes, plant a lot of tomatoes. And then at the end of the verse, it says, you'll get more than you bargained for. You see, if, if, but if I don't want tomatoes, don't plant. Don't do anything. Just withhold it. And you will have nothing. Here's what you got to be careful of. You can't be out here saying, God, give me tomatoes when you didn't plant any. God, give me a good marriage when you're doing nothing about it. You see, this is, God, send me friends, but you're not friendly. God, I need forgiveness. Well, forgive. This is what happens. So if you want something, you give it away. You plant it, you make it happen. If I get corn, this will be a miracle. If corn comes up, I'm going to be on YouTube and it's going to be all over the place. And you will know. So I'm telling you. But you always get more than you give. Whatever love you give to your wife, you get ten times more back. You said, well, you don't know my wife. Well, I do know one thing. You were in love when you were down here. <laughs> I just don't know how it goes from, ah, I can't speak, and crying to, I hate you. What do you think happened? We stopped doing the things that got us here. And so you reap what you sow. You sowed nothing, you got no marriage. That's what happened. That's what he's trying to tell us. But you always get more than you give. You always do. So here we go, let's real quick, got to hurry. Facebook friends, casual friends, and 2 a.m. friends. We'll start at the top. Most of you have Facebook friends. Am I still correct on that? You could have 100 Facebook friends, 200. Do y'all really know they're not your friends, probably? I mean, you could, go ahead, just throw it out. I need somebody to help me move. And you'll find out, no, they won't give you anything. There ain't no likes on that. So I'm just telling you, imagine the Facebook friends Jesus Christ would have. Can you imagine uh, the friend request that he would have gotten? Oh, my. Social media was back then. Oh, amazing. So, but Facebook friends are really not the friends I'm talking about. You have casual friends. Might be some here. Might be some at work. Might be some you play golf with. But if you're really lucky in life, you'll have three 2 a.m. friends. If you're lucky, a 2 a.m. friend does this. Something goes wrong in your life and you need help. They are there. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter where they are. They will find a way to get to you. That's your 2 a.m. friend. And this is the friends that Jesus talked about. Two are better than one. You need those people in your life. And here's what I would ask as we walk into this. Are you one of those? Because Jesus didn't have one. This is the saddest thing. They're going to the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the saddest thing that happened. He's going from... And you've got to remember this. We're going from Good Friday, which we're going to do this weekend. We call it the upper room. If you have never been to this, this is brand new stuff that we've come up with. You have to be. It's an interactive communion service, and you'll be a part in, also in the whole thing. It's happening Friday at 630. Because this story, I'm telling you, comes out of that. So I'm going to skip that and save that for Friday, but let's go here. So this is a garden called Garden of Gethsemane. And this is where Jesus is going to pray. This is the last time before he goes to the cross. This is the last time before his death and resurrection. Everything they've been working for, him and his dad, which is God, for you is about to happen. So Jesus is going to know sin for the first time. They've never known that. And his dad's going to leave him. 
So that's what we're looking at. And that's what he knows. So he leaves the upper room. He takes three of them with him. Peter, James, and John. I assume, here's what I assume, that they are the 2 a.m. friends, supposedly. But there wasn't any of them 2 a.m. friends. You just have to know that. Because all the disciples were actually, at this moment, were in it for them. Because I was with him. I'm in this big celebration, and the man that everybody's looking for is the Son of God, and I'm hanging out with him, and there I am. And so here we are. At this point, Jesus is going to need somebody to talk to besides his dad this time. And this is interesting stuff. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. This is where, it all, this is where it's all coming down. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. This is not unusual. The disciples knew he would go away and meet with his dad because they were always talking because, you know, they had, they had plans set up, things that were going to happen, stuff that we wouldn't, couldn't imagine, and it was happening, the stuff he was going to do, who was going to heal, what was going to happen, who was going to talk to, uh, all this stuff was happening. So he's going there, and then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed. Listen up. This is the 2 a.m. friend. This is who I'm calling on. This is what he's doing right now. He didn't have it. Watch this. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I just told you what's wrong with me. Do you think the two, Peter, James, and John understood anything that was happening? Absolutely not. He told them everything. And even set up a new command and some new things right before he left. To come to the garden. They had no clue. He said, I'm overwhelmed right now. What's he overwhelmed about? It was us. It was our sin he was going to pay for. His own blood he was going to pay. That's what he was overwhelmed. And he was going to have a conversation. Is there any way to do something else? Because they had never known sin and he was about to. What does that look like? What does that feel like? What does that smell like? What is that? So would you please just stay awake? I need you to pray with me. And then he came back and found them sleeping. Wow. You know, you would have said if you were there, that wouldn't have been me. I don't know. I don't really know. Because everybody says they want to be at the, the table, you know, with Jesus. I don't think so. We'll wait to Friday on that. Couldn't you, couldn't you, just, you men just keep watch with me for one hour? He asked me just one, one hour. Hey, I'm, my two, hey, you know, I have nobody but you. Can you just hang in there? Watch and pray so that you will not follow the temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, it's weak, all right. You know how many times they fell asleep? Three times. So he goes back in and talks to his dad. He says, is there any way, to, Father, any way we can do this? Do, I do, do we have to go all the way in, and I got to take all the sin? Is there any way, can you let this cup pass from me? Is there any way you can do this? Then he came back. When he came back again, he found them asleep because their eyes were heavy. Poor things. They just, it was late. It's 2 a.m. They're sleepy. They're so sleepy. You know what he was doing? He needed to have some reassurance and a conversation with his friends because he was about to take on the world. He'd already been with his dad. He probably wanted to come back and say, look, I've been talking to dad about this. 
said, y'all were with me. What, y'all help me out here. Have some conversation. Have some prayer. Talk to me. No. We're just sleepy. Good thing they're not dying, huh? Then he returned to the disciples again and said to them, are you still sleeping? He went back into the garden, came back out for the third time. Third time. Are you still sleeping and resting? He's th- Can you imagine this? What? Do you not know what's happening? And here's what he said. Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Judas did his part. The soldiers are on their way. It is time. I'm going to die for you now. And it's too late. It's too late. Can't get it back. You didn't stay awake. You didn't pray. I'm on my own. And how you know you're on your own? As soon as they arrest him, everybody leaves. The disciples scatter. Nowhere to be found. Even Peter. Peter's here. Peter's here. He says, I don't know you. He denied him right there. He had no friends. But do you have friends? Here's what Paul said. Paul wrote half the New Testament. And in Philippians, he said, here's how he had, this is 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. The disciples were in it for them. You can't have friends in it for you. If it's all about you, then you're not a 2 a.m. Is what he's saying. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you into the interests of the others. 2 a.m. friend, I'll show you. Here we are. Here's why 2 a.m. friends do this. They give life to their friends. You ever had friends that just suck you dry? You're like, and they, on the other side, they're like, why don't they want to see me? Because you suck me dry all the time. I just can't. You just wear me out. You wear me out. 2 a.m. friends give life. You want to be with them. I got friends, pastor friends, I can't wait to get there. It's like we've never left each other. When we get in the same room, we right, pick right back up where we left off. Isn't it amazing how that works? Put others' needs over their own. 2 a.m. friend says, doesn't matter where you are, what's going on, when you call, I don't know how far away I'll be, but when I hear your call, when I get it, I'm coming. I'm coming. That's what you do. Value others as much as themselves. You value your friendship as much as you value your life. Do you know how hard that is? That's why you only get down to one or two or three. I think, you know, I look at the story. I know why Jesus came. He came to die. I got that. He was born that way to die. That's why he was here. But for me, as looking, looking from my, like, I wish somebody had stayed awake. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? I just wish you just... I have two a.m. friends. I got two I can call. Bob Brittingham is one and Mark Bagwell is the other. My brother doesn't count. <laughs> as soon as I make the call, they would be, be here right now. If I say I need you right now, they'd be over here. I mean, that's just what it is. Do you have that? Jesus said something that was really interesting. He said, um, he told his disciples this. He said, I no longer, watch this. Do I call you servants? For a servant does not know what, the, you know, what the, his master is doing. He said, you, I, I'm not holding anything from you. I'm telling you everything so you know everything that I'm doing. But I have called you friends for all these things, for all things that I have heard from my Father have made known to you. So I don't call you servants because 
you act like, you know, you, it isn't like you don't know what I'm doing. I have told you everything. You know everything about me. You know what's going on. You're my friend. No, they didn't act like it. But they did later. Do you have a friend that would die for you? See, that's amazing. One of the things I have discovered because of social media, we need to start making room for people. You need to make room for your marriage. You need to make room for your friends. You need to make room for forgiveness. You need to make room. You really do. Listen to this. I encourage you in this moment right now. Would you just take some time for you and God? And we're just gonna make this our prayer this morning that we would make room for him to do whatever he wants to do.
I need you to do is make room. And that's what, that's what we're talking about. You gotta find some time for the relationship you need in your life, whether it be a friend, whether it be marriage, whatever it is. Let me ask you this one question. Is there anyone that you know that needs to be here next weekend? You've been praying really hard, haven't you? You've been telling them. I know how it works. What I would say is how I would do it. Uh, I would say, come sit with me, and if you do, I'll buy you lunch. Food always works. You know, just come sit next weekend. You've never experienced an Easter like you're going to experience in this room. And I know that for a fact. So you need to be here, and, try, and you need to bring somebody to come sit with you. So let's do this. Let's pray, and then we have something I want you to see. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all you're doing. Thank you for the people in this room. Thank you for the things that are going to happen next weekend. Lives will be changed. I pray that we will make room for everyone, everybody. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at MarathonChurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us at MarathonChurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.